Do you shop on Amazon.com? Of course you do. You can now support the Midwest Podcast Network while doing so. Go to Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com and a very small percentage of your purchase will go towards making our network and its content even better. That's Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Bookmark it today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Tim. Today we're going to talk about the summer movie wager a little bit. We're going to go into some film news. We've also got a little trailer ticker today. And then finally we're going to review George Miller's Ma- well, Mad Max Fury Road. Before we get to all that, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can write to us. Tell us about the show and what you think about it and the things that we talk about. Go to at MFN Podcast on Twitter and Instagram to find us there. You can search for Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook, Vine, and iTunes to find us in those places. And you can go to MidwestFilmNerds.com for all previous 127-plus bonus episodes. Uh, 248-7335-MFN or 248-7335-636 is where you can give us a call, leave us a voicemail. We might play it on the show and talk about it. And uh, Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. You can go there to shop, and part of your purchase will come to us that we can make our shows and network better. So, summer movie wager. Everybody has turned in their ballot by the time that you've heard this. We probably have less than 10 people playing this year, which is almost half, less than half of what we had last year. Um, I think basically what I wanted to go through here is go through what my ballot is slash would be and see what you guys think about it. Okay. Number one, Avengers Age of Ultron. Okay. No big surprise. Do you guys think that'll happen? What else do we got? Well, my number two is Minions. Despicable is, Me spinoff. Did, this, did the second one make a lot of money? Yes. It made almost a billion dollars. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, uh, just shooting from the hip, I would agree with you, except every time I've put a hotly anticipated animated film in the top three, it has boned Bond. me yes. incredibly hard. Yeah, How to Train Your Dragon that. too. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. But I don't know. I feel like the minions are more popular than Despicable Me. They're all over are. Facebook. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. So I think it, it'll I, it'll be on the top ten, but whether or not it's number two, that right. might be a little yeah. high. Yeah. Number three, I've got Mission, colon, Impossible Rogue Nation. I don't know. I'm, I think a little high. That might be a little high. I'm yeah, thinking so true. as well. But All this right. is worldwide, right? This we is worldwide. Tom Cruise worldwide. still pulls it in. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jurassic World is number four. What do you I'm going to say high. You think high? I See, I was thinking high too, but maybe my critical perceptions of one scene of the film and the general distaste of some of the material from the movie is coloring my opinion, whereas most people are going to be like, there's a new Jurassic Park out. Well, from what I've seen, they've resorted to just selling the first movie again today. Like <laughs> yeah. They're just like, hey, <laughs> Jurassic Park was great. <laughs> they teamed up with Barbasol for like a... Did they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love Barbasol. I so great. I, I think it might be one of those ones where it has a good opening weekend, but if it's not good, I yeah. think word of Trails mouth... Off. Word, word of mouth will drag it down. I think that's what happened to the third one. I think the third one had a pretty good opening, mm. if I want, and then it died. So, And yeah. I like the third one, but... We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I got it at number four. Number five is Inside Out. It's a Pixar movie. I've heard it's a return to form. I think it's going to get word of mouth. Good word of mouth. Okay. And uh, probably do well. So that's probably a good spot for it. Number six is Ted 2. Might be a little high. 
Yeah, Ted made a lot of money. But I think if any, yeah, I think if any comedy is going to be up there, it's going to be Ted too. Number seven, Ant Man. I feel like yeah. it'll make Captain America slash Thor money. Okay. The first of each of those. Uh, number eight, Terminator Genesis. It's a Terminator movie. Salvation made a lot of money. Yeah, that's know. probably hard to tell. Yeah. yeah that would yeah. be on my dark horses, probably. Okay. I, I Mine was almost there. Mine was almost there. Number nine, Fantastic Four. Again, hard to tell. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, well, there's I'll, a lot of negative, negative weight. A couple of these are going to have to, yeah, have some word of mouth. Like, if Fantastic Four is actually good and people like it, then it might see that. It might get yeah. up there. Yeah. Number 10, Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. I think after this weekend, we'll we'll know. Are we we'll keeping, have a little bit better. Oh, than you don't idea. have Pitch Perfect on there, do you? Dark Horses. Oh, okay. Pitch Perfect 2. Tomorrowland. And. Oh, Tomorrowland is off there, too. Entourage. Ugh. Hope that makes no I'm interested in, t- in Tomorrowland because I think it's going to end up being pretty divisive from what I'm reading. Right now, the, the, the Rotten Tomatoes is kind of curving downward from like the 70s-ish area down more towards the middle. Okay. And I think there are some people that are like, I love the unabashed, unapologetic optimism of the movie. And there are other people that are like, this doesn't really work for me. <laughs> so I'm interested. That kind of excites know. me a little bit. Yeah, I, I like the idea that it's going to be divisive. I think hopefully we'll at least have a good conversation about it. But. A lot of the movies I've loved in the last few years have been the ones that live between like 60 and like mid-70s percent. So. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Of course, some of the ones I haven't liked. But there, there's somebody, like somebody, <laughs> I, w- I was looking through the, the early buzz on the Slash Film article for it, and somebody's, I forget who it was, but somebody was like, this is more like, Disney commercial pandering as opposed to the riskier, cooler things that they did, like John Carter and the Lone Ranger back, you know, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll see this weekend. That's what we're reviewing next week. Spoiler alert, we're not doing Pitch Perfect 2. Disney commercial pandering is probably a good business move. What are we doing next week? Tomorrowland? Tomorrowland. Oh. Yeah. Next week, Land? Next week, Land. Okay. No. So, that's my top ten. Uh, please note I've only won one year and it was the year where we had the least amount of people doing it. So my list is by no means the be all end all. <laughs> in fact, I've done pretty poorly in the past two years, I think. So I think it's an interesting list. It's I, well, when I went through, I was like, it's pretty hard. There's a few other movies I forgot to go through that aren't even on my list. Something like, I feel like poltergeist, if it gets real good word of mouth could pop up at like number 10. True. Uh, San Andreas has the rock. That'll make rock movie money though, where it it'll make good it'll so, make decent so money. So you're it'll saying make it's Hercules? It'll make Hercules money. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, Spy, starring Melissa McCarthy, Jude Law, bunch of other people. I've heard good things about it. Surprisingly, yeah. Like is, that another, is that another Feig joint? No. Who is no. it? Um, doesn't matter. Okay. No, it doesn't matter. But I want to look it up anyway. Now. Okay. Um. Statham looks kind of funny in it. Yeah, I got Rose Byrne and State and Jason Statham. Oh, it is Paul Feig. I thought he'd be too busy working on the greater Ghostbusters universe, but maybe not. Um. So yeah, maybe that's true. That's a Feig joint. Those have ended up up there. The Heat didn't end up there that year, but it still did well. But Bridesmaid. It's a weird summer. It's uh. There's not a lot of the obvious 
There's been a lot of years where I've been like, okay, the top five is pretty predictable. Yeah, yeah like I feel like number one is the only one that's like solidly Set, in yeah. place. Um, it bums me out what's at number one and what you think will be at number ten. That that's like such a bummer because your box office is never anywhere near like indi- indicative of of critical. critical what? Claim. What in did you? What, what did you have? In, what did you have at number ten? Number ten is Mad Max. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah that I mean, was. I mean, you could be right, and that's what bums me out. It's like the fact, you know, one of the things I think people forget to take into consideration with these ballots is like the movie's rating. Mad Max could get the most amazing word of mouth. It already is, actually. I yeah. mean, you hear nothing but good stuff about it. I'm sure people will go see it multiple times. I'm sure it will do well internationally. I'm sure Australia will all go see it 12 times each by decree of the Queen. But <laughs> it, it it's rated R. Therefore, it stands such so little chance of like really getting up there. It's already at like a hundred million worldwide. This, yeah, this movie's doing fine. Uh, I think I think it's gonna do great, and it's also performing better than Pitch Perfect did today and yesterday yeah so i think it'll have legs i think i think that's the thing is that it's not going to decay that much next weekend up against tomorrowland i think most people it's a different it's there's different audiences and even if you're torn between the two you're probably gonna be like "Mm, mad max you know yeah mad max is i mean this i was very impressed by its opening weekend and i was happy with it because i did not think it would make that i was happy with it so yeah. I mean, it, Mad Max's audience is Mad Max's audience at this point. I mean, I don't know how much further it's going to get. It's an adult audience. I don't know if the people that would be going to see some of the... Like, I don't think the same audience that sees Minions should be going to see Mad Max. No. Yeah. So they're kind of mutually excluded. That's one of the... Like, you know... On top... Like, in building in with your point, the Avengers is at the top because everybody can go see it. Right. And Minions is at the top because everybody can go see it, although it might be like number five or something like that. I right. don't know. But I don't know. Other movies that are not on my list, Magic Mike, XXL. No, I feel like there's a small chance it could be number 10. Uh, Trainwreck, New Jet Apatow. I've heard really, really good things about it, but I don't think it'll be Ted. Yeah. Uh, Pixels, Adam Sandler, Chris Columbus joint with a bunch of video game stuff in it that I really don't want to see. Yeah. But probably will for the podcast. Uh, the Vacation Reboot Make. That looks really funny. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. That, that could be one. I don't know how big the Vacation fan base is out there and wants to be like, oh, let's go see that new Vacation movie. It's kind of similar to how, like, you know, even like Mad Max is a big action movie. You can totally understand that, like, there's people out there that are like, oh, my God, one of them being in this room. At least one of them being in this room. But something like. Like uh, vacation, I don't know if if that could make like horrible bosses money though. That's yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. Uh, the man from Uncle. <laughs> no, that's no, not gonna make any I money. don't think it's going to make <laughs> any money. Uh, straight out of Compton. I don't know. It'll do Maybe okay. yeah. it'll do okay. And then uh, Hitman. No, no. Hitman's not going to be good, or it's not going to. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look like it'll make money, and it's also coming out in August. So did I don't the think first one make, make any money? I don't know. Was there really a first one? I don't know. <laughs> Why is there a new one? It's a good question. Who I do know. I ask? <laughs> Twitter account? Uh, I don't know who's making the movie. It's probably Universal. They're making every other movie. I'll ask Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. Like, why did this happen? <laughs> He's not in this one, though. I know. I just want to ask him anyway. <laughs> See, maybe he knows. Exactly. <laughs> producer Timothy Oliphant. Anyway, that's my summer movie wager ballot. Hopefully... Uh, you who are partaking 
did a better job than I did because I don't think I did that good of a job. I just put this together today. I normally put more research into it, but I didn't. So we'll see. There are some people in this that put together spreadsheets. I know. I know. Nikki. I used to do that. Yeah. I very much had a spread. The first year, the year that I won, I had a spreadsheet that took every sequel and looked at the previous movie's takes just yeah. to see how it trended and like how it did. And I, and I went through and I made a revision of my list and then I would make changes and make a new copy of it so I can see how it was changing as I put more thought into it. So clearly that's what you need to do if you want to win this. Or maybe I only won because I was one of six people partaking. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Nikki won last year. We had James two years ago, and then there was me. So you could be number four and possibly the final victor of this Midwest Film Nerd Summer Movie Wager. The final victor? Yes. <laughs> Victor Santiago did not submit a ballot. No. So far as I know. He's well, got till midnight tonight. Okay. So okay. We'll see. All right, midnight tonight, I mean midnight that we're recording this, not midnight when you're hearing this, because that could be any day in the future. <laughs> okay, so next up, we've got some film news. Uh, at the top, David Lynch is returning to Twin Peaks, and they are shooting more than nine episodes. Oh, man, the Twin Peaks boat just keeps rocking. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen next? It's funny, because he tweeted out, the way that he announced it, he tweeted out, the rumors are not what you've been hearing isn't true or something like that, which is weird because he was the one that came up and was like, "Yeah, I'm walking away from this." <laughs> I, yeah, I uh, I don't want to be cynical here, <laughs> but good for David Lynch because I think he got paid, and I think he must have. I think he must have. I don't know if this that Netflix money. Now. Yeah, I don't. Good, good job, David. Oh, well, Showtime money. Yeah, but. I think I think this may have been a ploy. I totally. Well, and now he's getting more than nine episodes. That's probably right. how he's getting a bigger <laughs> payday, but I don't know. Good for him. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. As Rick wrote in in the past, if he's got something interesting to do with it, then, you know, we'll see. But I don't know. He what deserves to make some money. Do? David Lynch is awesome. So, yeah. 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 I don't have a problem with it. That. <laughs> That video that everybody that wasn't Kyle McLaughlin put together on Twin Peaks a couple of weeks ago, that embarrassing farce of a thing. I didn't actually watch it. I just put it, it was, in the group text because I, I don't know. I was at work or it was something. Really, it, was, it wasn't good. But good. I don't. Maybe they'll be back. I hope some of them aren't. What was better, that or the Jurassic World scene? <laughs> they both had dinosaurs. Oh. <laughs> um, nice. The Jurassic. I've boy. I'm writing down a them. note to put in a. Uh, the Jurassic Park scene actually didn't have any dinosaurs, though. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! You're half right. <laughs> There's mention of dinosaurs. Yeah, true. <laughs> they were there in the background. Uh, they were impli- implied dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> I'll watch it. Yeah, I don't know. It makes me want to catch up on Twin Peaks because I know how much some of the people we, we know enjoy it. Rick. But <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, next up, the third Planet of the Apes. Re- what? I don't know. The, the next it's Planet, the of, the next Apes Planet movie of the Apes movie there you go. has been titled War of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, any thoughts? It's fine. the first name that makes sense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it's the, it's the first name that isn't the like the beginning of anything. So yeah. it's, it's a different way of saying the same thing. Preamble of the Planet of the yeah, Apes. Yeah, exactly. It's a, I love the Planet of the Apes movies, and I cannot tell you which one is which. Like, what title yeah. belongs to what movie? I and always forget. <laughs> I, I see. Know. I somehow keep it straight. I don't actually know how. Just but the last I do two. Know. I can do the first five. No problem. Dawn is the first one, right? No. No, Rise. Rise. Yeah, yeah, Rise. Yeah. See, I can't do those five because I've only seen one of them. Okay. But That's I know, so backwards. I know Rise and Dawn. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very pun. Like, the one that doesn't make any sense for sure. Like, if they just did Rise and then went to, I don't know, something else that wasn't Dawn, then you'd be like, okay. But the way that this is, like, the second movie very clearly depicts what could become a rise. The second one is the rise, really. Yeah. Yeah. The first one is kind of the dawn. Yeah. <laughs> it's whatever. Very strange. But this one's War of the Planet of the Apes. Hopefully, uh, I don't know. I'm excited for it. I'd like to, you know. I, I think I came off of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes a little bit lower than I liked Rise, but I still liked it very much. Dawn's so. the second one, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree. Jason Clark. Yes. Jason Clark Dawn. But uh Who's no. directing this one? Same guy, right? Reeves? Still Matt Reeves, Matt Reeves at the moment. It was also I kinda like the I mean I, I liked Dawn a lot. Yeah. But I kinda like the idea of a different director taking a shot every time. Yeah. I agree it. as well. Yeah. yeah. Especially with this movie that's always been kinda like that, the series. So Yeah. I mean Oh well. We'll see. There's time for him to leave because I like this is that's the same like uh, who did the first one? Oh, what? Oh my gosh, Rupert, Rupert Wyatt. Wyatt. Yeah, Rupert Wyatt was on for two for a few months, and then he he left. So who knows? We might get uh, somebody else to hop in the the hot seat. Hopefully, Matt Reeves is cool though. I like Matt Reeves. So. Yeah, I like to see him do more. I know there was a while there where he was just kind of like walking from project to project, and nothing was getting made. But <laughs> I don't know what what happened to the Twilight Zone movie. That, uh, that guy, uh, that, that guy, canned, yeah. yeah. I, I love the Twilight like, we Zone. Can't top, not... We can't top Vic Morrow, so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was We're really Get Max Landon. There's a, there's a <laughs> joke. <in> there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, well. Maybe David Lynch will make it. <laughs> <laughs> so we can move on to our uh, to our trailer ticker. Uh, first up, we've got Gem and the Holograms. Uh, Tim, you're the one that has the most experience with the Gem and the yeah, Holograms yeah. TV show. Because I remember the theme song, kind of. <laughs> yeah. And I well, forgot it already. What do you think of this trailer? Um, I don't think it's aimed at anybody, really. <laughs> um, I, think there's a t- I do think there's an audience for this. Because uh, judging by the response on the internet, there seems to be some... Uh, well, the response to the trailer or the response to, like, the we're making a gem in the hologram? The trailer. Uh, I've seen some negative okay. response in certain circles. I mean, I don't remember. I remember it was a TV show. I just I don't think this is aimed at the fans of the TV show. Because the yeah. fans of the TV show, I always thought Gem was, like, a superhero with a band. Which and, is, yeah. And, and, like, her, it's apparently her father made this, like, holographic system that she can project onto herself and gives her like superpowers kind of right it was totally so, outrageous yeah and this is not this trailer is not outrageous at all no it's, it's the very, opposite it's i i kind of describe it as watching taylor swift move through but basically justin bieber becomes taylor swift and then becomes lady gaga and that's what the movie looks like yeah 
And the, so. it's weird because the director that did this, he he did one of the Step Up movies, I can't remember, yeah. and he did G.I. Joe. So his background makes me think, oh, he probably could have made a detail, like, kind of fun Gem of the Holograms movie. Yeah. I got a feeling, uh, Go just watch Josie and the Pussycats movie because it's pretty good. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Nick, any thoughts on Gem and the Holograms? Mm. <laughs> it, you know, no. It kind of. <laughs> the, the only thing about it that I think, I mean, super not the target audience here, but yeah. it seems kind of like one of those movies aimed for like teen girls who like want to be famous. And the only thing that seems kind of neat about it is that it, from the trailer, the trailer seems to be the whole movie already, yeah. which is whatever. That That's trailers today in 2015. But the only thing that seems kind of interesting about it is that it seems like it's kind of negative. Like she becomes famous and everything gets bad. See, and that's the thing. Like, I, like if this movie ends with her having a holographic machine so that it like makes her band. So she has friends. Yeah. Like, okay. I want to see that movie. Now. <laughs> God, a two hour gem origin story movie. <laughs> but that's, that's, that's the thing is that, well, the, 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 the cartoon was never her band. Her bandmates were real people, mm-hmm. but even though her band was Jim and the Holograms. But if it becomes like her band is actual Holograms, <laughs> like, it's like just tra- this is Tron 3. <laughs> well, I was like, when I was thinking about it, I hadn't watched the trailer yet, but I was like, oh, I should watch this so that we can talk about it because I really don't care about a Jim and the Holograms movie. No. Um, I was thinking, what I want out of this movie is somebody acting on stage with three, like, Three of the holograms, like the uh, Tupac hologram that happened at Lollapalooza like a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Like if they were playing with that kind of thing and doing something with that, okay. That's the weird thing is like we've clearly reached the bottom of the barrel of like the 80s properties we can adapt. And that's fine. We're, we're there. But why why is this movie called... Why is this gem in the hologram? Yeah, exactly. That, yeah, I mean, people have said that in the past about some other properties. They've been like, "Why is it this?" Because it's not. Why is Transformers? Like, yeah, and I'm kind of like, okay, well, I get it, but this is one where I'm really kind of scratching my head and like, why, why buy the rights to that? Just, yeah, just make a movie that's has an original name with original characters and just make it about like the the first thing I could think of is the movie Rockstar, which I've made fun of a lot <laughs> in this group of friends, but it's essentially the same movie. Like, unknown guy, does vocal thing, gets super famous, life becomes bad because he's famous, and then he presumably walks away from it all. Like, okay, but that story was made for guys already, and I liked it when I was, like, 16, and then I grew up and saw it, realized it was bad, and that was it. But the message was still there, and I was like, all right, at least it was that. It didn't, like, super glorify, like, becoming famous, because I think most people, if they really thought about it, would be like, man, being famous would kind of be really rough and yeah. kind of terrible. If this movie actually kind of is about that and like maybe some young people see it and kind of like rethink their idols lives it could be interesting but it's not going to do that yeah, yeah. but if, if this was like like an, if this was like a, an, a movie made for adults and like this person's life was like if it was like really intense and like <laughs> this like rise and fall story like, like like scarface <laughs> it, just, it shows it shows how one becomes Lindsay lohan nowadays basically oh my god <laughs> i think a lot of people would see that probably yeah i don't know but no, it looks dumb. Yeah, they could. I mean, could I think, make a gem in the holograms. Movie. Honestly, I feel like what happened is that because this is the movie. I think we talked about it a little while back. Where I don't, I don't think it was kickstarted, but there was some kind of they were he like John Chu made a made a video on YouTube that was like we are crowdsourcing this movie and we want to know what the uh, what the gem fans want to know, like want to see and blah 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 blah. 
feel like none of them said, let's see the movie that's in this trailer. I feel like there were none of them. Like, it's just such a weird property. How many gem fans? I think like, there are. There are gem fans. I think there's like, there's oh, like, man. there's people that are slightly older than you and then younger than like, I don't know, 40 that grew up at the time where gem was on TV and it was something that they would watch. Just like there's a, there are fans for G.I. Joe, just like that. Like, I think, you know, I think they're yeah, out there. I think there. there's a female audience, a female. There are like, females group, in the world. Right, they watch movies. I think, <laughs> and, but I don't think they want to see this. No, I don't. I think. But I, but it's almost like. You it, can make it, a fun, like, action adventure musical out of Jim. Well, I feel like, I feel like John Chu was like, oh man, we're going to make a Jim movie, blah, 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 blah. And then they went to go and like write it. And like, this girl can like make holograms of herself and like get across. I don't. I'm well, guessing how does this work? And then they're like, it doesn't work in a movie. And then he's like, okay, let's not make that anymore. Yeah, like that's what happened. But I mean, I see the. I mean, I'm guessing... this week on Alex puts words into a director's <laughs> mouth. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm guessing some of the same audience went and saw Pitch Perfect this weekend. Possible. Well, I mean, yeah, I think there's it's an from H, the yeah. studio of Pitch Perfect. Yeah, they're so. selling it. Like yeah, that. and they should sell it like that. But yeah. then they should also make a movie that has music in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this had a little. A little bit. But it was mostly it's music that they brought in too, from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we've got Crimson Peak, the new Guillermo del Toro film starring uh, not Benedict Cumberbatch, but Tom Hiddleston. And, uh, the one I like. Yeah. The the, the one you like. I prefer the other one. Uh, oh. what's it, Jessica Chastain and then also Mia Vaskaska. Vaska, Vaska, Vaska. What do you guys think? Good pronunciation. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, about the movie. My Polish is impeccable. It's kind of a bad trailer, <laughs> yeah. I think. It's not, it didn't get me too excited for the movie. The only thing that has me excited is that it's a Guillermo del Toro movie. Oh, and uh, Charlie Hunnam's in it, too. Mm-hmm. So Tim's Mr. Probably, Hunnam. Uh, a little stoked. <laughs> he um, looks all right, this. For the two seconds he was in it. I, I, I looks <laughs> He's the, been better in things lately that I've seen. The cool thing about it is that it's like a, it seems like, kind of an old style ghost movie like it's about like a house and like spirits there that are haunted and there's like it looks very i don't even know how to describe it it just has a feel that evokes like kind of what we used to think of when we thought of ghost stories and that's that's cool but tom hiddleston really makes me hit the snooze button and nobody in it just seems like they're that really interested in being in a guillermo del toro movie which is kind of weird yeah, I think a lot of people kind of clamor to work with him because he's such a visionary guy. But either the trailer is just playing it real sly and just kind of holding everything back, but it, it, nothing really seemed too scary. There were some interesting visuals, I guess, but I don't know. It didn't have the typical kind of I don't know. Didn't lure Gear, me in. Guillermo like, magic. Yeah, yeah. It didn't have like when I saw the trailers for like everything else he's made. I was just like, whoa, cool. Yeah. Like this looks interesting, and this movie doesn't really look that interesting. All right. Tim? I was sold on this a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm still going to see it for yeah, sure. But I, I don't think the trailer actually kind of made me less excited for it. It, it kind of hit everything I thought. I, see, I, I wasn't really... I thought it looked good. I think this will be a very good movie. And that's okay. I don't think it's going to blow anything away. I don't think it's going to be his greatest movie, but I think this will be very good. What do you think is his greatest? Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah. I don't know if that's... I don't know. I kind of sometimes I want to make an argument for Hellboy too, um, mm-hmm. but Pans is uh, Pans would be the one. Devil's Backbone's really good. Um, Mimic isn't. Mimic's all right. Mimic's all right. Um, uh, Blade two. 
Blade 2 is just, I think we've had this, Blade 2, I don't even, Blade 2 is just awesome. It is awesome. <laughs> like, I don't even care how to rate it as a movie. It's just sweet. Gem and the Holograms is going to wish it was Blade 2. <laughs> a lot of movies wish they were Blade so 2. So hard. <laughs> Actually, Devil's Backbone is the one I still haven't seen. Okay. I can't tell you the number of times I've had the Criterion Blu-ray in my hand and then put it down. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I, yeah, part of me wants to make a Hellboy two argument at some point. I need to rewatch it again, but it's it's his sweetest movie. I think I would I would definitely argue that Hellboy two is one of the best superhero movies mm-hmm. that's ever been made. Yep, it's phenomenal. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, um, it has everything you want in in a great like summer superhero action movie. I love the original Hellboy too. Yeah. Oh, Hellboy also. as well. T O O. Both Hellboys are very good. Yeah. Hellboy three is one of the sequels that we really deserve to have. Maybe we don't deserve it, but we should get it. <laughs> I think I think Ron Perlman deserves it. I think they deserve like a everyone involved like deserves to have it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think I think Hellboy Two ends in a good place too. Like I don't. I feel like they had more stories to tell, but they did. They do. But it, it would also be okay. If Hellboy Two ends on an amazing freeze frame, doesn't oh, it? Oh, it's, it's, it's absolutely, so it's absolutely hysterical. Uh, not enough movies end on freeze. It was frame. the background <laughs> of my desktop for a while. <laughs> so the final good. shot of that movie because it's so awesome. It's, I don't remember it. I need to rewatch both Hellboys. Absolutely, it's been a long time. I've only seen Hellboy Two the one time with you. Yeah, because I made like four of you guys watch with me. When it was over, you were all like, "Holy crap, that was really good." Yeah, even Rick, which was interesting. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm in for Guillermo, but this trailer was just kind of like, eh. Okay, I feel like it tells a lot of the story, as Nick said. That's trailers in 2015, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then finally, we got a little teaser trailer for the Danny Boyle, Aaron Sorkin, Steve Jobs film, starring Michael the Last Fastbender and uh, Kate Winslet and Zach, uh, Seth Rogen. I was calling him Zach Rogen. Uh, oh, and one Mister. Oh. Jeff Daniels, oh, star yeah. of the newsroom. Oh my God! <laughs> Tim is wearing his Newsnight Will McAvoy newsroom yeah. T-shirt. I got this right now. Uh, yeah in Rolo, downtown Rolo. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the clearance rack. <laughs> Excellent. What store sold that? Um, the T-shirt store downtown. Um, it's called like something six. I don't remember. We're oh, doing a terrible plug for it right now. Yeah. But check that store out. Right. <laughs> Somewhere on Main Street. Yeah, in Royal Oak. Have fun. <laughs> About navigating that hellhole. <laughs> is it the one that has all the like Detroit shirts in the window yep. that says yeah. like "Guns Don't Kill People, I Do" or yeah, all that there was this stuff. really cool like Tiger Detroit Tiger shirt that I bought too. And okay. then this was they're getting rid of this Newsnight with Bill McAvoy T-shirt. I go, that's fine. The- <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Anybody have thoughts on the on the newsroom <laughs> on uh, Steve Jobs as it's titled? No, <laughs> I love I love Danny Boyle. Yeah. And so, based on that alone, I'll see this. I think the only Aaron Sorkin work I've ever seen is The Social Network. I think it's really good. But I recognize, I hear and recognize all of your guys' various <laughs> musings on Sorkin. Well, that's the thing with my music. Like, my music on Sorkin is, like, sometimes I kind of hate him. And then other yeah. times I'm like, oh, he's great. And then... I, I generally hear more of the negative, I think. Yeah. So. Well, it's fun to make fun of him, too, because he's so smug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess just, that helps. I think, I, mean, I think as of late, the newsroom especially, it yeah. feels like a black mark on Aaron Sarkin's There's, record. There is one one moment, one shot in this teaser that's very cool. And I was like, that got me a little bit excited. I was like, that's kind of neat. But I really don't want Seth Rogen in this movie. He just looks like Seth Rogen with a shitty beard. And I'm like, oh, okay, there's that. And... Michael Fassbender as Steve Jobs is I, I I liked it better when it was Christian Bale. 
Yeah. Because I really looked at him and I was like, he does kind of look like, and he would he would make his hair weird and thinning just like his was. And yep. he, he would really, really pass for him. And I think he'd, he'd, Christian Bale needed that. I think he really needed like a really strong character to jump into again and not just kind of the same stuff he's been doing post like, and like slightly pre Dark Knight Rises. I think it, I know he's been doing some other stuff I still haven't seen, so I, I can't yeah. I can't rag on him too hard. But I, I really want to see him get back into like being like a real actor again and not doing like as much of the Hollywood stuff he was kind of getting into because he's a really talented guy. And I was getting really burnt out at him and stuff like this is what kind of made me be like, oh man, he'd be really good in that. And Fassbender's good, but it just it looks like Michael Fassbender with glasses on, which I know I shouldn't judge it by that by the way he looks, but. Steve Jobs has such a like interesting look He's, that I feel like it's there, like there's a reason that there's a Steve Jobs persona, or you can look at somebody and be like, "Oh, you're dressed like Steve Jobs today." Like, exactly. It's a very specific image. Yes, and I think that's kind of important. Yeah. Um, but the the mechanic of the movie is very interesting. Like what it's supposed to be, how it's supposed to be structured, I think could be really interesting to watch. And because it's Danny Boyle doing that, that makes me really excited. Yeah. Tim, thoughts. I really like all the names attached in this trailer, like everybody involved, except for Steve Jobs, who's an asshole. <laughs> uh, but that doesn't mean it couldn't be an interesting movie, because um, Sorkin is very good at that kind of flawed asshole, but still has some greatness, I guess. I think that's probably what... The the last moment of the trailer made me go, ugh, because it, it seems to idolize Steve Jobs quite a bit. But it's a really short trailer, too. Um, And the social network, I mean, I thought was great. And I like Sorkin quite a bit, always have. It's just sometimes, sometimes he needs to be taken down a peg, too. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I like everybody involved. I'll watch it at some point. To me, Nick touched on it. I feel like, to me, as somebody who enjoys keeping uh keeping his fingers on the pulse of the tech world and very much liked like i can't say that i like steve jobs as a person because i definitely didn't know him and he seemed like a pretty like harsh person in the first place but i respected steve jobs and the persona that he built and on top of that steve wozniak as well who seth rogan is supposed to be playing is also a very defined character and what it's funny the way you said Seth Rogen is supposed to be playing. Yeah, then... To me, like he's so not Wozniak. I know, that's why I laughed. And <laughs> it's, like I I feel like neither of these people are really gonna be embodying like it's just gonna be a strange cognitive disconnect for me and I don't it's know even, if it's but, gonna work. Yeah, that that won't I I would rather have something like this than in just a straight impersonation. I mean it's just an impression. Um because I I don't think what's his name's like Marcus Zuckerberg either. I don't does he play him that? I've, no, yeah, so no, but and and, and that to, doesn't bother me so, so this, much. This this might grab me on the sense of it's a dramatization, and it's not like this is going to be one of those interesting ones where you have to see where I fall because I might take the route of the social network where I really appreciate the narrative that it builds and builds, even though it's nothing like uh, Mark Zuckerberg, or I appreciate the, or I don't appreciate the fact that it's such a disconnect from somebody like Alan Turing in the Imitation Game, so tease ahead to a year from now or whenever this movie right. actually comes out and how I feel about it. But I, it'll be interesting to see. I like, I, it's probably going to be better than jobs. Oh God, that was a movie. Wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You both make interesting points. Cause what Tim is describing is kind of what jobs was just an impersonation, but a bad the other one. one. Yeah. The other recent one I think of is, um, 
W, w which yeah. everybody kind of forgot about too. But I mean, Brolin, I, I did not enjoy that because mm. it's just basically an SNL impersonation of George yeah. Bush. It's weird. So. But that's that's not even like necessarily what I, like I don't just want an impersonation. And I think I that's kind of what Oliver Stone was aiming for, though. Yeah, <laughs> like you got you got to remember the man behind the wheel. Of that yeah, movie. <laughs> yeah. Oliver, I don't it's, most of the time I don't know what Oliver Stone is aiming for, but I'm <laughs> excited by it. Yeah. Um, I think, but I think like Pirates of Silicon Valley is a very to me I think it's a very compelling movie, and it does keep true to a lot of the story that happened at the time. And I don't know why they couldn't do that again now. And I think, like, Noah Wiley to me, if they brought back Noah Wiley to be Steve Jobs, I'd probably be down. Like, but I don't know. We'll see. I'll be seeing this movie. I do like Danny Boyle. I like Aaron Sorkin some of the time. He can't be finally looking. Well, no, he can be looking finally back at the actual events and then telling everybody this is how it should have <laughs> happened. So That's not really what he does. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. So we can move on to our review of George Miller's Mad Max Fury Road, starring Tom Hardy, Charlize Theron, Rosie Huntington-Whitley, uh, Nicholas Holt, Zoe Kravitz, Hugh Keysburn, the original Toe Cutter, and uh, a lot of other people. But this movie, the IMDb synopsis says, In a stark desert landscape where humanity is broken, two rebels just might be able to restore order. Max, a man of action and a few words, and Furiosa, a woman of action who is looking to make it back to her childhood homeland. So uh, we're going to have a Mad Max retrospective out this weekend. We're doing it a little weird, or out soon-ish. So, you know, we can kind of touch on our thoughts on the original films there, but I know that some comparisons will come up when we talk about it here. But I figure we should just start by talking about what what we thought of this movie. So, Nick... What did you think of Mad Max Fury Road? I loved it. It um, it did everything right, I think. And I had, sky, as well documented on here, I had <laughs> sky-high expectations for this movie. And I think it paid a lot of great homage to the original three. I think it reset the, the franchise into a nice new direction, kind of adapted everything nicely for like a new era. And... It managed to have some of the best action, if not the best action I've seen in years. Has a good story too. Has nothing but really solid performances, all ranging from like solid to like excellent performances throughout. Um, great music, lots of cool guitar and drums, as I'm sure Tim will get into. <laughs> uh, and just was a breath of fresh air. Which is really weird considering it's from the director of all three originals from a franchise that's 35 years old. This year is the 30, 35th anniversary. 36th, I think. Anniversary of the, uh, of the originals. Yeah. And it, it's incredible, really, that this movie, A, even exists, and B, is as good as it is. Tom Hardy plays an excellent Max. Different from Mel's. Potentially better. <laughs> Not sure. It feels kind of kind of wrong to say that (laughs) like i'm still kind of in that phase where like it's gonna be difficult to admit that if it's true but it very well could be uh definitely merits repeat viewings i'm actually gonna go see it again really soon haven't had time last couple days otherwise i definitely would have gone twice in the opening weekend Um, but i think it's phenomenal and i can't wait to see where else they go and i i know george miller's planning on sticking around for it and he absolutely should mad max the wasteland yeah they did release the title as as the as well it's what he said he would title the next one so it hasn't been announced yet but 
I'm sure it's on the way. No, it's um, it's great, and I, I really, I really love it. And I'm not, I'm not to the point yet where I'm already cynical and hesitant for like the sequels to become just pap. Like I'm really, I'm like, cool, yeah, bring another one. And it's cool to like really crave a sequel to something because this one did, this one did so many typical Mad Max things right. And one of the biggest things is that it stands alone. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the next one doesn't have to tie into this one at all. And that's really exciting. So. Uh, it's it's excellent. It's the best movie of the year so far. All right, Tim, your thoughts on Mad Max Fury Road? I don't have I don't have a ton to say in um, non spoilers, but okay. I will just say I'll say this movie is Blade Two awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's really awesome. That's good. That's it. That's all. Yeah. You just told him, what about Guitar Guy? He can say so. he's in the trailers. Uh, oh, I do. Okay. Is he? Yeah, he's in. Well, Guitar Guy is the main thing I I want to talk about. Well, we don't don't say just say you loved Guitar Guy. Yeah, I believe his name is Do Warrior. I think he is the Doof Warrior. The Doof Warrior. <laughs> All right. We can come back to him in spoiler territory. Just like okay. His okay. That's what I want to talk about. All yeah. right. Um, this right now is my favorite movie of the year, I think. And I wasn't expecting that from Mad Max. I've never, like, I haven't been, like, a huge fan of the Mad Max series in the past. In fact, I watched the previous three last week leading up to this one in order to uh, just kind of have some historical context. And I should say Nancy wrote in to ask whether or not it would be necessary to watch the previous three. No. And I was like, no, but having the context of the previous three, I think is interesting to see where these movies come. I I really like Mad Max, but I barely remember them. I haven't seen them in so long. Yeah. There there are some some fun little nuggets and Easter eggs that are kind of yeah. references to the originals, but it's, in, it's incredibly not essential to see the originals. Yeah. Like it, this one's not related from really. a story perspective. There, it's not necessarily, no, it's a reboot, but I mean, it is a reboot. Yeah. And I went with someone who has never seen them before Yeah, and he followed it fine. So, yeah. So, um, but I felt this movie was really interesting and I also found something in it that I wasn't expecting, especially based on the previous three movies. I loved the 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 super super strong female characters in this movie. Like, I think it was so like it could have so easily just been like the previous ones where women are treated as like, you know, only treated as objects, or they're just raped or beaten on screen, and they're absolute like that doesn't happen in this movie at all. Really, they're kind of coming out of a situation where they where they would be taken as objects. But I think the beautiful thing is that. It's about them trying to triumph over that. And I think that's awesome. And I thank it for that. But um, I love the score and the weird kind of the fact that the score kind of becomes part of the movie. And it's both diegetic and... And it weaves in and out. Yeah. yeah. Like that that was a very cool thing to me. I love the color of this movie. This is mm-hmm. one of the most colorful wow, post-apocalyptic films that i've ever seen i wanted to bring up it was this was co-written and storyboarded by um a guy and this i think contributed that's why i had to bring it up by the guy um one of the artists from 2000 ad which is the judge dread comic that used to oh. that used to run judge dread comics okay. so that like i read that and i go oh that makes a lot of sense yeah like, that's really cool that's interesting yeah um but it's a very beautiful film I think they're like even just in the trail like the trailers are very captivating. These are some of the trail like I did watch one of these trailers before the movie came out and just watching like the dirt bikes like hop over the hills, like that's one that really sticks out to me. There's just a lot of really, really interesting shots and interesting ideas and I love the opening scene of the movie, just the way that it kind of frames Max and then he gets in his car to go and then it just turns out that he's being followed by everybody in the world. Like it's 
it's all really, really, really cool. And there's really awesome things done here. And I think it's such a home run that I just was not necessarily expecting at all that I'm super happy with it. It's really so. cool to see a visionary make a movie again. I feel yeah. like we don't get that very often, ever, really, and <laughs> especially not these days. Yeah. And in a way, I think a lot of the groundwork for this movie, it was laid in the last three, almost like he's been building towards this one, like getting progressively better at making... I mean, well, we'll, we'll get more into that with our Mad Max, Mad yeah. Max uh, retrospective, but... Um, there, this is definitely the work of a of a seasoned director. I think mm-hmm. I don't think a young person can make a movie like this without being some kind of wonderkind. Like it's definitely the work of someone who has who has practiced and honed like what they want to see. So it's uh, which feels really weird coming off of Happy Feet, and it's his first like live action film in how many years? Babe, yeah, was it like, like twenty? Yeah, I think the witch was it. I the witch. I think it's like sixteen. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Oh, so. I, that's crazy. No, he did Babe in like '93 or '94. Oh, okay. We're, we're, oh, Babe is live action. I was yeah. thinking it. Was, Babe two. Babe two. He directed Babe two. Wrote Babe one. Okay. Yeah. So what a guy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's much more we need to say in non spoilers. Go see it. Yes, absolutely see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. It's a theater movie. Don't see it in 3D. Okay. Don't see it in 3D. Okay. Do not see it in 3D because I had heard things. Okay, because I thought he said. Because he came out and said no, and then I thought he said in an interview, he said, yeah, see it in 3D. Maybe it's just one of our money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm almost tempted to go see it in like a 3D format because I think some of the screens are bigger, and I wonder if it would add to the spectacle, but I feel like the 3D could totally distract from... Uh, some of my friends saw it in both 2D and 3D, and they said 100% see it in 2D, not 3D. Okay. The 3D, I guess, actually takes away from some of the composition and some of the 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 beauty that you see yeah he did not shoot it in in 3d yeah it was see it see it in 2d converted in post so all right we're gonna take a quick break and then we will head into spoiler terry for mad max fury road All right, here we are in spoiler terry for Mad Max Fury Road. Tim, tell us about the Doof Warrior. The Doof Warrior plays a guitar that shoots flames out of it on the back of a truck, and it's backed by like a big band of drums as they ride into battle. Mm-hmm. And he's the—he's uh, my favorite character. <laughs> I liked a lot of the characters in this, yeah. but it was just so awesome to see something that was just on the screen to be to be. Just really cool. Yeah. I don't want a backstory. I don't need to know <laughs> why this guy exists. I'm just happy he does. And I'm happy, like, George Miller keeps cutting to him and his band during the battles. Because it's really cool. And it builds a lot of the tension. The band playing it. And it kind of reminded me of, like, an old band totally. playing an army in like, a battle. Like a, like, like a drummer boy in, 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 like, the Revolutionary War, basically. <laughs> yep. But this is Mad Max. And it's so cool <laughs> that he has an electric guitar yeah. with flames shooting out of it. And, and he's, I, he's like hanging from yeah, like, he's like gymnastic suspended. equipment. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And he, he kind of sums up why I love the movie so much is that there's not a lot of explanation. There's not a lot of background. It's just for momentum. Just go. We, everybody's character is summed up in about two lines. Yeah. And you get it and you go. And... I just really like that. I really like that. The movie's amazing. I want to see it again. So, yeah. 
I was I was just thinking the same thing that Tim just said, um, but I think to to build on that, it yeah that's that's accurate. Like it's cool because the movie just starts and you're there you are, yeah. And you definitely get a little bit of summation of Max and who he is a little bit via like his voiceover mm-hmm. and some a little bit of dialogue. But in general, these characters are already there, and you've you've started the movie and they've already like had their origins and they've had their lives, and you're just there for like a slice of their lives and. Like like Tim said, some of the characters are summed up in a couple sentences, but none of them feel hollow or cheap or two D. Like everybody feels like a character, well developed. They feel like a character in a in a fleshed out, thought about, fully realized world. Like everything here seems to have purpose and seems to make sense, and and that's pretty amazing. Like it mm-hmm. was, I caught myself a lot throughout this movie. Like my face kind of hurt because I was just kind of smiling a lot. <laughs> Not only because what I was seeing was so cool and like I was so happy and yeah. like vindicated as like this longtime champion of Mad Max that like <laughs> now people will like maybe care a little bit more, but <laughs> it was so much fun to watch and re- and like like refreshing is the only thing I can keep thinking because it 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 was like this big you know big budget action bonanza and yet has like a lot of substance to it mm-hmm. and is very rewarding to watch and it's just. I mean, enough can't really be said about the action, even though eventually we'll we'll be like, okay, that's enough about the action in this movie. <laughs> but it's just it's interesting and it's all so real, and it it's easy to follow. I never felt, I mean, occasionally I felt a little disoriented, but I think it was by design. It was never like, oh, the camera's shaking too much. I can't tell what's going on. Yeah, it was just they, it never felt like they were hiding anything. Right. It was just there's a small army of eighty like pale guys, and I just kind of for a second <laughs> lost which one was which, but they're all kind of identical anyway, so yeah. it's fine. But it, it and and the action had purpose, and there there were it had that feel of like old time adventure movies where you have like a character who's swinging, literally swinging from situation to situation. You've got this like this balancing act of all these different characters fighting all over these trucks going 80 miles an hour. And you can still remember exactly where everyone is and where you left off with them when the camera comes back. And it's just, what a, what an achievement. <laughs> it feels like it would be a not like a nightmare to like block and stage when you're talking about like, okay, here's this gigantic semi. Here's another monster truck over here. Here's all these, like it, I think uh, there was a an IMDb trivia thing where, like, apparently he screened some of the movie at uh, South by Southwest. And yeah. Robert Rodriguez st- stood up and was like, how the hell did you film this movie? Yeah. Because it's oh, it's, a, it's It's a schooling, it's <laughs> honestly. Insane. It's yeah. a master coming back and just going, oh, this is how it's done. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. I would... I dread watching people rip this off for years to come. <laughs> I try to rip it yeah. off. It's, really. Yeah, that's the thing. I think you might have some people trying to imitate that style, but it's definitely the work of a pretty individual person. Yeah, and it's really hilarious that when you read about the that eighty percent of the movie is is practical, mm-hmm. and the the twenty percent that is computer enhanced is predominantly her her arm yeah. and painting out like buildings and stuff in the background. Yeah. They're like, yeah, most of the explosions are real and everything. Like cars flipping. The only time that feels like somewhat effects heavy would be like the storm. Well, yeah, yeah. That's the the only one that stands out. Like there's something clearly going on here. Charlize without an arm feels like she could have had her arm cut off. Sure, yeah. It's It's amazing. Oh, I didn't even, yeah. No, you don't question it at all. But the, the movie has such a great look. Like like you were saying, it, it pops. It's got a lot of great color, but it feels very it 
it's 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 thought about. Like there's yeah. so much thought went into this movie, and I and I'm not trying to like be like like Birdman ragging on Hollywood like AAA stuff. Like mm, it's all the same, but like man, put some care into your movies, man. Like make them look good and make and and think about what you want it to be like. Well, that well, that's the thing. Is the other thing that works about this is you can tell, and he's talked about in interviews, is he plotted this whole universe out, and but he doesn't sit there and waste time explaining all of it. Like it's just there. I mean, there's that. I don't want to know anything more about the crows. Um, I can't remember. I don't even remember what it was called. But you know, the the part where they go through the gray mud, yeah. and there's the crows. Yep. Like he's like a, he had a whole. He has it's that like whole these people on stilts. And like, yep. And he has that whole area like mapped out somewhere, and he's yeah. got a whole backstory behind it. But I don't want to know it. Like I just want it to be there. It feels like he's got that really fleshed out Bible for like the sick, like the not sitcom, but like the TV show that has like the this is what you need to know if you're going to write an episode of this. Sure, he's yeah. got that somewhere. It's what he needs to know. It's not what I need to know. Exactly. Yeah. So and that and that's brilliant. Yeah. Like if he's going to put something on the screen, he should have a reason for it. But we don't necessarily need to know. Yeah. And it's it's. It's nice, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah, that scene was was really cool. And I was like, wow, what an interesting world. And that was it. You know, and, and if, if he go, chooses to go back to that area in like a sequel, I won't complain because I thought it was interesting looking. But he doesn't need to. Yeah. Like, and, and probably won't. I mean, if, if the, his track record so far with the films, it'll be in a completely different area. And Max will just wander into town and get caught up in some craziness and then wander right back out. And I'm down. Um, but I guess as far as actually talking about the movie, besides just <laughs> heaping praise on it, um, a, a lot of the things. And, I, and I, are we going to talk about this one in the retrospective? Do yes, you think? I do want to have a little bit of time at the end to kind of talk about how it fits into the whole series and kind of how, like, what the influences were from sure. both sides and that kind of thing. But, the, the things that made me really happy as a fan of the series, like when Tom Hardy was cast, I was like, "That's good." Like even back, that was a long time ago now, and I was like, "That's really cool." And I still think that's true. He played a, you know, having an actor that that always seems to put a lot of thought in his performances, like how his character walks, how his character looks at people, the way he talks. Like Tom Hardy's one of those guys who always kind of has a weird gait. He always walks differently and like kind of weird. And and the fact that he always brings that those little quirks to his character is really cool with a character like Max because he's got to be a pretty unique guy. And the way it, it started with Max and the way it ended with him was perfect. I was yeah. so satisfied with with the ending, and even though it like could have come off really dorky, and it was just a really excellent. I feel like they are really different Maxes, though. Like Mel's Max is so cool and collected. Like to me, the Max that Tom plays is Mel's Max around Road Warrior time, where if we had a few event- adventures in between, and some of those adventures went really wrong. This definitely feels like if if. People wanted to try to tie it into the original three. It would be between Road Warrior and Thunderdome for sure. Yeah, um, but like I even think like it's almost like an offshoot point from Thunderdome because Thunderdome, I feel he still feels like the same Max that ends Road Warrior, whereas like this one, I feel like has failed at saving. Like Road Warrior and Thunderdome are these like parables of Max coming in to save the day, and then I never saw him again. And that's what this movie is too. Mm-hmm. But it feels like somewhere before Fury Road, there were points in time where the girl died or... Oh, yeah. Max definitely has more of an arc in this movie than he does in the originals. And the other ones, he's almost more of like a... It's almost like you're hearing like the Paul Bunyan tall tale version of Max. Yeah, so he's like a good Samaritan. Though. Yeah, and that might not might not even necessarily be what really happened. Yeah. That's, why, that's why those movies are cool because they feel like legends. And this one, you're actually experiencing it. And 
but there were a lot of traits about the original Max that carried over to this Max, and I was really happy about them, like kind of fundamental things about him that were really cool. But Hardy's performance is, is just fascinating to watch. And Charlize Theron is spectacular, and she has sucked for years and stuff. <laughs> I think she's a really talented actress, but she's in so many movies where I'm just like, man, did she even like show up to work today? She just seems either bad or just she made poor decisions or just wasn't really the right fit. And she is absolutely tremendous in this movie. All the, all the women are. Everyone, everyone in this movie really is. Yeah, the was, gang, yeah the even gang, Nicholas Holt was really good. Yeah, he yeah. was. Yeah. And he had, he had a really satisfying like little arc there. And the, the gang of old women was so <laughs> they awesome. They were so cool. They were so cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, she was my second favorite character. Which the... The one, the old woman with the, the one, gun. the one riding shotgun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was amazing. Yeah, um, yeah, they were really cool, and they were the. This was interesting too. They were the only hint that this movie's supposed to take place in Australia, because really, you have no reason to like early on in the movie. I was like, why does no one sound remotely Australian? And then I was like, well, I guess it doesn't have to be in Australia. But then George Miller was like, yeah, it's in Australia, and I was like, okay, that's weird. I guess there were Americans in Australia whenever whatever went down went down. But it's just interesting because they're they're very. Like almost Aboriginal yeah. in in the way that they inhabit the land and the way they are around it, and so it was cool to see that there was still some Australian flavor in this movie because I think that that to try to leave it out would have been weird and kind of a mistake I think yeah. so that that was cool. Well, and the crew that you spend time with, it's almost like the women that the Imperator keeps. They might have almost been like stolen from other places or areas. Just oh, definitely, to kind of yeah. Like get back to the idea of perfection that he wanted for the for his sons. But then also, like, Max doesn't talk much, so you don't get much of a hint of whether or not he really... And he sounds like he's from everywhere. Like, every every scene, his voice is different. He doesn't say enough for you to really know at all, in my opinion. Yeah, Joe... I don't know. Joe's a pretty pretty cool villain. And we're tan Joe. Yeah. I don't want to say he's, like, a good villain, really, because he just kind of drives around in his hilarious car, but (laughs) he's he's cool. Like, he's fun to watch, and I know for for, he reminds me of, like, an 80s movie villain because he doesn't have a lot of story, but he's kind of like the humongous from Road Warrior. You're like, man, he's kind of funny, but he's kind of scary, and he's got a very distinct look and, like, gang and clearly has a presence. It was was neat. I don't always need my villains to be have some sympathetic backstory that makes me have to like relate to them or make them more fleshed out just give me a good like creepy weird mean guy yeah, especially fun. in a movie like it's this. fun to have yeah. somebody to clearly like root against and just be like that guy's bad i'm not gonna question that he's a bad guy <laughs> yeah yeah that was cool maybe that kind of purest part of it is something that just kind of harkens so, back well i mean so, yeah so much looking for villains nowadays. I was gonna say people get so caught. I mean, the anti-hero and the villain, the villain is cool. I mean, it's a it's a Joker thing. It's a pro wrestler thing. I mean, everybody loves the Joker, but and then it's a pro wrestler thing. There are no great heels anymore. You know, I mean, there's nobody you truly hate because everybody looks at a bad guy and goes, "Oh, that guy's so cool." This guy was just kind of a <laughs> dick and not cool. <laughs> like, yeah, he's really cool gross looking. at the beginning. Yeah, he's really <laughs> gross. But I think like it, it's not to say that somebody like like Lo- there's a reason that Loki's one of the more no, and I, I, in the I, I just mean for this is I but, mean, yeah, yeah no, for, like I think it's two very different situations where like. Right. This is this is not necessarily character driven, but it is very much a fleshed out story and very much spectacle and everything like that. Where something like Marvel, they're like, we need to build these characters. And well, I think that, that's on. an interesting point because it, it, 
I could totally see people saying it's not character driven, and, and I could totally agree with people who say it is because the characters of Max and especially Furiosa, like they definitely have a lot they're dealing with in this movie. Yeah. We see that they they make an amazing duo. Like they're both so fun to watch. And there were points during this movie where I was almost like, man, she's almost the main character, yeah, and not him. And then it would kind of flip back, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. And they're both they both have things they're dealing with, and it's really interesting because Max at the beginning of the movie is not a good guy. He's a pretty pretty sucky. Like pretty, pretty like kind of traditional, like kind of selfish Max, who's kind of like, yeah, I'm just out to survive and for yeah. myself. Sorry, but like way less charming than Mel's Max, yeah. and just kind of like grubby and and dirty. But he, he kind of grudgingly win, becoming kind of, a part yeah, of that. and he kind of kind of wins you over in the end as he should. But um, I don't know. I'm just trailing off now. Oh, one thing I got to say, I, I loved, and it was just kind of a classic setup and payoff was Max continually reacting to the visions, and then it saving his life. Yeah. Oh, it was genius. That was so cool. Yeah. There were lots of there were so many little things in this movie to talk about that I feel I can't really get into them because it's just lots of little fine. Uh, we should at least say that Max's thumbs up to Rosie as she saves herself oh, on the it's car so is cool. beautiful, and then yeah. she subsequently gets falls off and gets run over. That was kind of a bummer. She was really good. That's the thing. Like, they were all I, very. I mean, like, all. Rosie Huntington Whitley, I only know from Transformers <laughs> Three, and this yeah, she's movie. really good in this. She's great in this, and it just goes to show that Michael Bay was she the one that got? No, she wasn't the one that got hit by the car. She's the pregnant one that gets run over, okay. and then they Who's tried. The, was that the one with the close up of the car, like blasting? Because I thought that was the one, the dark haired one. No, that yeah, that was at the end. Okay. The one who ducked avoided the one truck. The one and truck got, got hit, hit again. That yeah, was yeah, one. Yeah. Of, I I I gasped. I went, oh, yeah. like. Because it was just so brutal and no, she, blunt. That, that was the... Uh, that was, that was one of the... Uh, what were they called? They had like a name. The Aboriginal like ladies. Yeah. The yeah. The, the, the Dufoyer, though, like to go back to that, was... I had no idea he was in this movie. Like I never oh, saw no? that in the trailer for anything. <laughs> no. There's like, there's like he's in a frame of the trailer, yeah. basically. Man, it, maybe I saw it, but I, I didn't re- recall it at all. Yeah. And when that rolled up, I was like, holy crap, like this... Is so cool, and like you guys have both said, it actually makes sense. It has a practical purpose, but it was hysterical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no denying it was it was absolutely hilarious. Me and Gojo were laughing so hard mm-hmm. in the theater because it was so what the hell? It was such a <laughs> sight, and Gojo's like, "Wow, I guess they're really not concerned about conserving fuel in these movies because <laughs> they just burn through so much just to get that guitar running." It's hilarious, <laughs> but it was it was cool because it, it served so many purposes, like such a simple mechanic or you know, feature like that, it was not only fun to watch, but it like when you would hear it in the distance, like just yeah. kind of fading and you'd see them like two, three miles away coming, you're like, Oh my god, here comes the guitar guy. Yeah. We're in trouble. Like heralding the end and his big car just of speakers on top of it. I mean, man. Well, you know, there's certainly not much tact to it. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no. You're but... not sneaking up on anybody with that guy rolling. <laughs> no, but that's the point. Like it is it is it's an army. Like, we're coming for you. Yeah, yeah, it is like yeah. Genghis Khan like running down on you with his horses. Like it, there's no <laughs> Totally, it's it's pure like scare tactic, and it worked because I I remember feeling tense. I was like, and then when they, when they would shoot flares in the air to be like, yeah. hey, we're over here, man. I was like, whoa, oh, man, this is cool. And it just feels, like, I mean, the whole movie and it made me so happy. It just feels like a big like heavy metal magazine, like the whole <laughs> yeah, thing. Totally. It, it, like it just goes with it, and it still <laughs> and it still manages to be smart. Um, but just that whole feeling of. Oh man, like I'm a teenage boy again. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 all of his generals had very unique looks and all very like different. It was so easy to tell the characters apart. Um at least the the ones you were supposed to know. Yeah. 
And then everybody else who was just kind of faceless was skinny-ish, pale guy. Yeah. Yeah. And even they had an interesting... The like soldiers. Like, the what they were was interesting. Yeah. And that they were their own little cult and religion. Like, it was... Man, the War just, Boys. Yeah, there's just a lot going on. The whole War idea Boys. of Valhalla and everything. Yeah. Very cool. The chrome... The, 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 the kamikaze chrome spray paint <laughs> thing was just awesome. Just awesome. Yeah. Really. Um... There is something we'll have to remember to touch on in the, in the retrospective if we don't talk about it now, I guess, which we probably can't. But you you saying that like having the, all the strong char- women characters in this movie and not having them in the originals, I have to, we'll have to talk about that later. Because you disagree? I, yeah, I do. But I think I think it's also part of what I was saying about George Miller, like slowly building towards this movie. So well, and, you not, know, now it's on the record. And I, and I want to say it's not like this is kind of excluding Tina Turner because she in Thunderdome is obviously like she's attempting to kind of overthrow the only other power that's in the town in barter town like i think they're there but it's very much like mo like that's one character and then there's max's wife in the first one those are the two female characters that actually exist in those first three no there are several in the second one and there's one the one important one that's that's along that's true and she actually is kind of Kind of a badass in that movie. She doesn't That's have true. enough screen time, but I think there he's he's always done a pretty good job of including some women characters that can stand along the guys. And it's cool that it's it's kind of been a slow crescendo. And then in this one, there's full blown like like same billing, top billing with yeah. Max, and, and it makes a lot of sense. And it's really cool. Yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like the movie, like the first the first one and the second one. I don't want to ruin too much about any of it, but it is very much like women are treated brutally in those movies. Well, they're treated brutally in this movie, too. I mean, it's implied brutality here, but I don't think they're necessarily treated brutally with what's shown on screen, other than the fact that one of them gets, two of them get hit by cars. But, you know, I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. I still disagree. It's not like there's, like, intent in that I'm going to rape you or I'm coming to kill the man you're with so that I can have my way with you. As a scene in like the Road Warrior, in this case, it's a lot of like, oh man, like he, it's not like he wanted to run over his main woman, <laughs> you know. So, I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a good tease. I, is, I don't, I don't know if this is going to be something we'll actually touch on in this one, but or in the in the in the next one. Okay. In the I mean, we can keep going if you want. Sure, let's do okay. it. Let's do it. <laughs> I just think that's interesting. I mean, I think I think it's it's a uh, it's more of both in this movie. The women have more displays of how they're strong characters, but I think the brutality is worse in this movie because in in the first Mad Max, well, we can't really we can't again we still can't really get into the spoilers for the original. Three. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd rather but I think in this movie it's 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 worse because like you've been raped probably in repeat succession trying to have children. You are now alive and a slave birthing this thing that you probably don't want to have. And when you try to escape, this madman is chasing you and he's going to drag you back screaming And I think that. that's, obviously, that's way more horrible than just the, I'm going to come rape you and kill you. I don't know. I don't know if these things probably shouldn't be compared in the first place. I know. I but just I think, think it's interesting. I think the, the, the triumph over that situation that this movie portrays is so much more progressive than anything that the first three even tried to attempt okay. to touch. That's why, like, it, it, this feels like a triumph for me of, like, strong women characters. Sure. Whereas the first three 
don't even bother concerning themselves with anything near that. I get that the situation that these like women are being held in is disgusting. It's horrible. It's gross. But you don't really get to like. There's no trauma of seeing any of that because when the movie starts, they're gone. They're not in there. You get the this man is coming to reclaim his property, but I think he gets his just desserts, which I think is great. So I don't know. I just think the fact that that's even a thing in this movie that it's not just oh Max saves the day and the women are good like that's awesome, but. To me, I think some of the more direct, I'm going to kill your, well, never mind. I don't want to get into those spoilers again. I almost <laughs> did. <laughs> it's tricky. But I'm going to purposefully kill people by running over them and then go and rape these people, which is also shown on screen. I think this movie has a lot more tact in dealing with those situations. It's a, yeah, and made it a different time. Yeah. Too. Yeah. So, I think that plays into it, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right, I think that's it for our spoiler thoughts on Mad Max Fury Road. Feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com is where you can talk to us about what you think about the show or the things that we talk about. Uh, come to us on Twitter at MFN Podcast or Instagram there too as well. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook, Vine, and iTunes, and Stitcher as well. Um, 248-7335-MFN or 248-7335-636. Give us a call, leave us a voicemail, and we might play it on the show. Probably going to stop saying that one of these days because nobody leaves us a message, but I don't know. <laughs> Thank you to all of you who submitted ballots for the summer movie wager. Um, I look forward to uh, keeping up each week with the numbers. That'll start next week where I'll have the uh, top ten or almost top ten as movies start being released. And uh, yeah, Amazon.MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Go there, shop, and have some of your purchases come to us so that we can make our show and the network even better. Uh, there was an episode of the Midwest Game Nerds podcast out this past weekend where we talked about some what we've been some of what we've been playing and also some uh, game news as well. So please check that out, and then I think we'll have one out in a week or two about uh, the new Destiny expansion, House of Wolves, and the Witcher Three Wild Hunt. So take a look for that. I don't know, Alex. Why go watch a movie? 